You are listening to the BSC News Podcast, the leader in decentralized finance on the Binance Smart Chain. Here's your host, Tom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the BSC News Podcast. Um, This is a podcast that I've looked forward to for a long time. Um, This evening, uh, we have with us Token Sniffer. It's a website that I've used very, very often. and I, yeah, I'm really excited to be speaking uh, to the person that runs Token Sniffer. Um, hello, Token Sniffer. Um, thank you, yeah, for being with us tonight. Um, would you be able just to quickly, as much as you want to, uh, introduce yourself and also a quick overview um, of the Token Sniffer platform? Sure. Well, hello. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be here as well. And um, I uh, am a software engineer by trade. Uh, I've been uh, developing software mostly in um, the academic setting at a university for many years. And uh, I didn't get into crypto really until uh, after the Bitcoin all-time high in, in 2018. Uh, I'd heard about it before then, but um, uh, didn't really get it until then. And then I participated in the uh, Uniswap summer and uh, that's how I really got into uh, DEXs and, and trading tokens. And I, that's when I started thinking about, um, I, I've been rug pulled a few times uh, on Uniswap. And that's uh, got me thinking about, um, you know, are there any tools to detect rug pulls? Are there, are there even uh, any places that just record previous rug pulls? And um, I, at the same time, I, was, I wanted to learn about uh, blockchain development more. And so I got the idea for Token Sniffer, which was really originally uh, just about uh, comparing the source code between tokens for uh, similarity and and just giving some basic metric of uh, similarity between contracts. So, you know, showing which contracts are just clones of of other ones. And then over time, yeah, over time, it's evolved into more uh, dynamic metrics. Um, And and now the, the... the main purpose of the site is to check for um, any vulnerabilities that could allow the token to be rug pulled or for trading uh, to be halted in some manner. So honeypots and rug pulls. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, so, so you started out and it was just, um, it would like scan for similar or, um, well, same contracts and now, and it's evolved into uh, all these different sort of tests and, and, and bubble maps. So yeah, when you first started, was it literally just scanning for similar contracts? Yes. Uh, and, and in that process, I, I started discovering a lot of contracts um, that had scam code in them. So, uh, you know, honeypot code that allowed the dev at some point through a backdoor to flip a switch and disable selling, except for like the dev's wallet address. Yeah, I'm not going to ask you, you know, in detail, you know, what this code is, even though I would like to know, because um, it would still be good to, you know, keep scammers um, sort of in the dark to an extent. Um, but they always do seem to be, yeah, one step ahead. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, as I've said, y- your website is is fantastic. I often go on here, enter a contract address, and then just have a scroll through and just see what's, um, well, yeah, the, the different... Um, vulnerabilities that a contract or, or a token could have. I think as well, if you've been in crypto um, long enough, 
eventually and also you're you're investing in, in low cap startup tokens you, you will get rug pulled uh, which is yes. a shame I, i've been yeah rug pulled a few times um not nice because you know, <laughs> they just disappear and yeah what can you do um so oh, what for, for a rug pull um i'm pretty sure I, I i know what it is but obviously you're the expert w- would you be able to explain what happens in a rug pull uh, yes. Well, a rug pull is is basically um, a, a large removal of liquidity um, from from either the liquidity pool. So that so um, there's there's the token itself, which is what you swap, and then for every token, there's um, there are also liquidity pool tokens or LP liquidity provider tokens um, that are um, generated by whatever. Uh, decks like pancake swap in this case. And so uh, one method of rug pull is for uh, someone who has ownership of a large quantity of LP tokens to just remove them, to uh, swap them back into uh, BNB. And since price is determined um, by liquidity, um, the token, you know, the number of tokens uh, divided by the number of uh, BNB in most cases, but it could be any other token. Um, that uh, then the price goes effectively to zero. Um, that, so in method two is also if um, the contract contains a mint capability, uh, the dev could uh, mint a large number of tokens and then swap them for underlying BNB, and that would also cause the price to go to zero. I see. Yeah, there's um, th- th- there's sort of a couple of um, chart images in crypto that, that I think are, are quite famous. The first one, um, I think, is sort of 2019, 2020, actually maybe 2021, um, Bitcoin when it got to 62K or whatever, that sort of pattern. And also um, the chart of um, Squid Game. Um, yes. Yeah. And, and the, there was a live streamer uh, doing it. And there's YouTube videos of this guy yeah, live streaming himself, investing in Squid Game token. And then it just went, boom. Yes. It, immediately um that that's happened to me where i was i uh i think it was move swap on uniswap that uh, i actually was watching the chart as it as it rugged man and, and where do um people that, that do these um rug pull tokens or, or scam tokens get the initial liquidity from because i assume that um you know they'd need to front up some actual um token that's worth something like bnb uh for actually making the the, the liquidity in the first place, where do they get that from? Is it just previous scams that they've done? Do you think? Yeah, well, there there has to be some on ramp, uh, such as um, a centralized exchange, and then once they they have funds in a BSC wallet, uh, this is often what we see with serial scammers: is they'll they'll transfer in funds from um, some exchange, uh, they'll create a token, they'll rug it, they'll transfer funds to a new wallet. Uh, create a new token, rug it, and add infinitum. Um, and so we actually have an internal tool. It's it's not on the site um, because it it kind of it it is computationally intensive, but it will trace uh, those wallet transfers back to to an exchange hot wallet. So is there like a a group of of people or you know a handful of individuals or, or groups doing this? Um, and it's it's not just you know thousands of people creating individual rug tokens. Do, is there 
Um, is it like a, a sort of criminal group type thing? I suspect so. Uh, I am aware of at least um, probably 10 serial scammers. I don't know if it's an individual or a group, um, but I, there's one I tweeted about, I think, in the last month um, where uh, the, they're just churning out hundreds of uh, honeypot contracts a day and just changing uh, little pieces of the code to try to bypass uh, detection by, by automated tools. Um, I, and they're doing this programmatically because it's you know, happening 24 hours a day. So that's one of the features of um, this technology is you can write a program that will deploy new tokens and, and transfer funds in between wallets. And so uh, I, you know, it's, it's possible that some of this activity could even be state-sponsored. I, I don't have any evidence of that, but um, you know, we do know that um, that's happening. Scams are, you know, ransomware is, is being done with other currencies. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, very interesting. Um, it, yeah, um, and yeah, I mean, what you've just said, yeah, is, um, yeah, very eye-opening indeed. And one thing um, about all these, yeah, rug and, and scam tokens is the amount of maybe follow, well, I'm not sure if they're fake, but their followers are on their Twitter, um, in their Telegram group. You know, you go into a Telegram group and some of them have got like 150,000 people. Obviously, they're not, you know, genuine real investors. But do you know how perhaps they can get all these people in such a short amount of time um to uh, like market their token is that like another branch of their scheme sort of thing well uh unfortunately um the the space is heavily manipulated so uh there there are most times when you see that uh there are bots involved and if it's it's one of the checks that can be done manually because it, it's hard to automate in a, in a tool like token sniffer but you can look at the number of holders of the token and then look at the number of members of the telegram group and just see does that you know kind of match up uh, if there are if there are like you know 20 holders and uh you know a five thousand members of the group then it suggests you know there's a discrepancy there and that you should want to know you know are those real people uh, I know I on, on the, in the subreddits, I believe there are quite a few bots um, promoting tokens. Yeah, loads, loads. <laughs> um, yeah, you, you can often yeah, go into a Telegram group or a Discord group, and the chat they're having is either just so weird and generic, or yes. everyone's just saying, hi, hi, great project, nice project, hi, nice projects. Um, uh, yeah, but I think to, to, to new people in the space, um, they might just think, oh, it's a great project. There's lots of new people saying hi. Um, yes. Yeah. And yeah, the, the times I did get rugged, um, I think I was sort of, yeah, a newbie um, in the crypto space. Um, and when this happens, you know, if you think, you know, oh, you know, I've, I'm onto this person's trail, you know, I've got quite a lot of evidence that, you know, there's this whole network of uh, these wallet addresses, contracts, doing this sort of thing. Do you then pass obviously you you feel free not to answer this at all um but do you pass this information on to uh, centralized exchanges or um governments at all I, I have not done that i'm um i i'll say i'm working on on doing that um but i i haven't been in touch with uh, any organizations yet mm. um fair enough has anyone reached out to you at all and like 
um, asked you, well, well, can you uh, look into this for us or have you got any data on this? No, I haven't heard from, from anyone. Wow. Wow. Okay. Not, not, I'll say not any of uh, the um, DEXs or exchanges. Mm. Yeah. Fine. Okay. Thank you. Good. Um, and one thing as well um, that a lot of people don't, uh, I don't think fully understand the importance of is uh, renouncing the ownership um, of a contract. Um, would you be able to explain to us, um, well, first of all, what is um, ownership and also renounced ownership um, of a contract and also why it's important? Sure. Yeah. Um, the, there's uh, a concept of ownership in, in the contract, which refers to a special permission to access certain functions within the contract. And there's a standard open Zeppelin uh, ownership module that's that's used a lot. And there's some variations on that that you see often. Um, usually you see a single uh, address uh, that is um, set either during the creation or it can be changed later on. And that address is, is allowed to call certain functions in the contract, such as changing uh, taxes, uh, setting a max transaction amount and other things. And sometimes used maliciously, such as flipping a switch that can uh, halt, halt trading or, or um, cause an error to occur in the transfer function that's needed to swap the token. So yeah. that's why it's important to look for is ownership renounced. Um, that there are cases where um, tokens will not renounce ownership uh, for a valid reason. And so when you look at the token sniffer report, that's really to uh, as like it's to save time and checking things like um, renounced ownership, and then to be able to go to devs and um, ask questions, you know, is there a reason why ownership is, is not renounced? And the, the process of renouncing ownership is basically just um, setting that owner address that has special permission to zero or uh, the dead address. So that, um, you know, effectively cutting off access to those special functions in the contract. Okay. Um, and the, the dead address or like the burn address, I've seen two, which is 0x000, and it just goes on with zeros. And then another mm-hmm. one that's 0x00, and then it ends with dead. Are they, yes. is, yeah, is there, what, what's the difference between those two? Um, they're uh, effectively equivalent. You, sometimes you see uh, 0001 or 0002. Um, so that so token super will check for those four values and and consider those as renounced values. Um, you could um, well, uh, I should say that uh, it can be assumed that those four wallets are not accessible by anyone. Nobody has the private keys for those wallets. Yeah, well, I hope not. Otherwise, you know, they're going to have access to all those yes. burned tokens. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and also I often see that um, coins are minted from a burn address or like zero x zero. How does that work, and why are tokens minted from the the dead address? Oh, yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, what you'll see is uh, uh, so c- contracts have um, uh, a part of the code called the constructor, which uh, it's named for that because it it uh, builds it builds the uh, contract and it, it will set initial uh, values for the contract. It might set the owner address and it will mint tokens um, to uh, 
usually like a single dev address, sometimes multiple addresses. And uh, so that there's usually a mint function called um, and it um, is, a, is a transfer essentially. And they, since the tokens are being created out of thin air, they often use zero address. So it's transferred from zero to um, like the devs wallet. Oh, uh, no, that's, that's interesting. Thank you. Uh, and what are the reasons why perhaps um, a contract uh, wouldn't be renounced of ownership, like legitimate reasons why, um, yeah, that they might still want to have ownership of that contract and be able to edit it? Uh, I, so I, I've been contacted by um, some uh, tokens involved in uh, play-to-earn games, and uh, they say that they, they need ownership for um, certain functions uh, related related to the game, um, and uh, mm. I, I, that's, I can't think of a specific example right now. Yeah, but, but no, that's okay. Uh, okay. I mean, yeah, you'd need to really trust the person actually. Well, the, the developers, basically. So if if they don't renounce um, the the contract, can they then edit the contract or? Is like you know, once you deploy the contract, that's it. You can't edit it, but you can activate certain functions in it. Or can you, you know, edit the code? Most contracts, well, all contracts are immutable. However, oh. um, so meaning they cannot be changed once deployed. Um, however, there are, um, is something called a proxy contract, which is basically a contract that just points to another contract, and that that address, that pointer, can be changed. And so that's why there is a check uh, in the smell test for proxy contract, um, because it, it is possible that, that that implementation contract, the contract that's pointed to, could be changed to a, a malicious contract. And often the contract that's pointed to um, does not have verified source. And it's really important that um, whatever uh, token you're um, trading has verified source. I see. Okay, um, and also um, the, the the honeypot uh, part um, on on the, your token analysis, the swap analysis. Um, often with tokens that um, are honeypots, I'll, I'll look at the chart, and sometimes they're not just going up and up and up and up and up. There are times where it appears, you know, they might have the occasional little red candle. Um, do, why is that? That that. You know, it's it's a honeypot. It's it's not sellable, but you know they've managed to sneak in some some red candles somehow. Do you know how that is? Uh, I think in many cases, um, in the, with many honeypots, the dev still has the ability to sell, and so that's them uh, cashing <laughs> <right>. out. <laughs> yeah, cashing out a little bit at a time. They don't want to take too much, uh, or else you know it would affect the price negatively it would look like it you know the price is declining so. yeah it would just be an obvious um honeypot yeah good okay thank you um and so this, this kind of connects to uh an important point uh something to to uh to investigate and understand about these tokens is many of them have quite high taxes now um and it, in the early days uh, those taxes often would go to reflections, so they'd be given back to holders. Uh, what I'm seeing more and more is that taxes are going to the dev uh, in in a so-called marketing wallet, and uh, but but those funds are never used for marketing. 
and then yeah. the dev the dev will sell them and because the taxes are pretty high you know on every transaction 10 20 or more percent they can accumulate um, a large sum of tokens uh, and then dump them uh, and then abandon the project mm. so that could be another mechanism of um, a honeypot as well as they're accumulating fees and selling them ah. yeah because i've i've always thought like yeah with projects where you do have to you know put the slippage up um essentially yeah and, and the tokens are being split i don't know half are being burnt half are being sent to the marketing wallet yeah again you just have to trust the person uh, that's in charge um yeah of, of the marketing wallet um and with um buy and sell tax um on um yeah if you're buying if you have to use high buy and sell tax does that increase the chance of um being front run by a bot or um would you have to put your slippage higher than the tax to be front run by a bot oh um i've never thought about that before <laughs> <laughs> uh no. well my my initial uh thought is that um I don't think the tax would have an effect on front running, but uh, it's kind of getting in, in, into an area I don't have much experience with, I guess I should say. Okay. No, you, you, you probably have a hundred times more experience than me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah, you, you are, yeah, the pro. Um, and, and what's coming up a lot uh, on a lot of these uh, scam tokens, they've got, you know, a lot of ticks on their, um, on the summary, but at the top, there's um, uh, an exploit number two, obfuscated transfer block. Um, and I see this a lot. Um, what is an obfuscated transfer block? There, there are different uh, ways that this is, that I've seen it coded. Um, in, in software development, uh, obfuscated co code is a term for code that has been made very hard to understand on purpose. And so uh, scammers understand that they need to verify the source on BSC scan or no one will take the token seriously. And I, I hope people really don't trade uh, tokens that don't have verified source because then you really don't know what the contract is, is capable of. Um, so they'll verify the source, but they'll, they'll write some scam code that's very hard to understand. They'll even uh, uh, screw up the indentation of the code. So it's, it's very hard to read. Or they'll, they'll put some um, hidden mint function like at the end, hoping that that uh, people don't, you know, scroll down all the way to the code and look at the end of the file. Um, and so that's what obfuscated uh, refers to. And then transfer block uh, usually means there's like a switch um, that, they, that the dev can set. Sometimes it, it's uh, an only owner switch, meaning uh, if ownership is, is not renounced, then only the, the owner can call that function. Sometimes it's just a public function that no one knows it's there if, unless you read the contract that anyone could call. Um, and they do, they do the, the transfer block. There's various ways to do that. You could just have a switch um, that's set. And then in the transfer function, it, it halts all trading. It says if the switch is set, uh, reject the, the operation, reject the transaction. Um, sometimes you see they'll have an address uh, that, that's checked that can be set to the LP address. So in a, in a swap, uh, transaction, uh, the LP contract does a transfer. And so if that address is blocked um, from transfers, then it will fail the, the, the swap. Wow. Wow. Um, do you think that 
um, DEXs should be sort of implementing this um, on their sites um, somehow. Um, I don't know when they when you type in a token um, that is a you know a rug or a honeypot. Um, do you think perhaps they they should be warning users? Uh, this is you know watch out for this. Uh, there's not adequate liquidity, and also uh, the contract source isn't verified. Um, do you, do you think they should be doing that? I think that's the future. Uh, I think more can be done there. Yeah. And I invite any of them to reach out if they'd like to collaborate on that. Um, there are different different things that could be done, I think, to to help. The problem with uh, with code and like a Turing complete language like Solidity is that um, you know a scammer can go in and just change the code to evade uh, detection. So detecting a honeypot is um, it can be difficult, and um, you know. Scammers are always finding new ways of, of uh, implementing that or tweaking the code so that um, you know, it's unrecognizable to a, a pattern matcher tool that looks for scam code. Okay. And the, the, the verified um, contract source, there's, there's a few projects that um, I've got tokens for um, that I've, well, I've staked with them and then I've tried to... Um, do like the emergency withdrawal from their, um, I think it's called the, uh, oh, like mother cake or something. Um, <laughs> I've forgotten what it's called. Um, yeah, a contract which has like an emergency withdrawal function, but I've gone there um, and the contracts or all of their contracts are just unverified. Um, and I only wanted to do the emergency withdrawal just because I didn't really like the project. You know, they didn't rug or anything. They're still going. Um, but w- why do some... Um, projects not verify their their source code or, or their contract source? And also, is it an automated process uh, that BSC Scan uh, does for that? Um, there could be a legitimate reason for not uh, uploading and verifying the source, which could be that there's some novel features um, in, in the contract that um, if you, you know, reveal the source code for, if it's an open source contract, then others can duplicate it. So maybe in some of those um, like investing contracts or locker contracts, often you see those are not open source, but the token itself that you're trading, and I would say um, if, you're, if you're talking about a meme token, it should, be, it should have verified source. Yeah. Um, no, now if you're talking about a, like something involved with a game or uh, some... Um, financial instrument, then it's possible that they have some technology they don't want to reveal that, that they're, they're um, so that, so the, the, when you create a contract on the blockchain, it's, it's a compiled uh, binary. It's in a compiled binary form, much yeah. like, uh, much like on your computer, when you run a program, if you try to open a, a windows, like a .exe or uh, it's, you know, it's just garbage binary. Um, and then the source code for that, it's not automatic. The developer has to upload it to BSC scan. BSC scan will compile it and make sure the output of what you uploaded actually matches what the, the binary of the contract that was deployed. And that's what the verified means, I believe. I see. And even if that has like, you know, even if the contract is a honeypot and, you know, it's, it's um, not renounced ownership, will it just automatically verify it? Yeah, it doesn't, as far as I know, 
um, I haven't I haven't spoken to them about this, but as far, as far as I know, it, all it does is compiles it. It doesn't do any checks on on the source code. Okay, yeah, I understand. Um, and, and in your opinion, uh, how can people, um, the average consumer, protect themselves um, from um, all the the different scams uh, going around in crypto? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think first and foremost, uh, do your own research. <laughs> it's mm. a cliche, but it it is very important. So um, I get the impression sometimes from communicating with traders that that and I and I think this is the game that's emerged, which is aping into into tokens early on, um, and then waiting for them to pump and then selling. And um, I would advise against that. Uh, I I would compare that. Uh, on BSC to to gambling, mm. um, and as we talked about before, there's massive manipulation in the space of of social media, and I I get contacted by promoters all the time, um, like with these form letters, like you know we'll promote your tweet for yeah. uh, for a hundred bucks, and and I I do not do that. I don't do promotions of of any kind, and so they should know that the token they're seeing promoted. Um, is, um, you know, one of many being promoted and that there are thousands of tokens created a day. I just checked earlier and there were, there've been 1800, over 1800 tokens yeah, created in the last day. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. The rate in which, yeah, but you, I just refresh your page sort of every five minutes and you'll be able to see later scams two minutes ago, three minutes ago, nine minutes ago. There's yes. so many. Uh, and also, yeah, newest tokens. It's just, like every minute, um, yes. yeah, something comes along. Um, but I, I do agree, yeah, doing your own research. Um, and I, I think if it sounds too good to be true, it, it is. You know, that I've, I've never come across a project in crypto um, which, you know, sounds too good to be true and is true. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I've, when I'm interacting on the blockchain, um, at the moment, I'm using two ledgers. One of them, um, I only send to another ledger. So I'll um, withdraw from a central exchange, send to that ledger. And then on that ledger, I hold a lot of tokens. And then my other ledger is for interacting um, with you know, maybe GameFi games or uh, swaps, that sort of thing. So that one's like my front-end uh, soldier ledger. Um, <laughs> and what, what, what I sometimes worry about is people say, oh, you know, um, if you've connected to this site, uh, make sure, you know, you've dis disconnected uh, your your MetaMask and, you know, rejected access. If I connected to a site in the past and um, allowed, say, an infinite spend on the contract, will later down the line, they be able to take money from me, even though I haven't signed anything like now? Uh I don't think so. I think um, you would have to approve a, approve the transaction. Um, okay, but I but I could be wrong about that. Uh, okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, yeah. Okay. No, that's it. Gives me a little bit of um, yeah, confidence. Um, and, and but, don't, it, but don't keep too much. <laughs> don't keep too much in a hot wallet. Um, I don't. Yeah, okay. I, I literally keep <laughs> everything on. Um, well, mostly just one ledger. And then if I'm going to yeah, buy some tokens from a DEX or something, I'll transfer to my other ledger, which is like the transfery interaction ledger. And then 
transfer directly from that ledger to my other ledger. It's a good um, idea. Yeah. And uh, what, what's your view on, um, well, how to stay safe? Yeah. With, with interacting, um, with different contracts and game five places online, you know, should everyone be using a hardware wallet? Do you think? Uh, I, I personally don't. Oh, oh, um, oh. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, I haven't found the need for one. I haven't, I haven't been scammed or, mm. or had, uh, had my keys compromised. Um, I, so, uh, but I don't think it could hurt. I mean, I think it's safer than, than not having one. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, it's, as you mentioned, it, it's important to be careful what sites you connect to what links you're clicking uh, in Telegram or Twitter. Um, if you receive a message that has, you know, Vitalik's uh, photo, uh, check. <laughs> yeah. It's probably not, it's probably not Vitalik. Check, um, you know, check the Twitter handle or, and just, you know, uh, it's disappointing to me um, the level of manipulation and, and trickery yeah. that's going on. Even on my site in the comment section, there are people posting, uh, oh, I can help you recover your tokens, you know, contact Mr. Donovan at this. Yeah, ridiculous. This. Yeah, and, and I moderate that um, daily. I, I, I block those uh, users and those are probably run by programs in the background as well. But Yeah, yeah, we, we get a lot of that um, yeah, on BSC News, a lot of comments. And one of the comments as well um, is an advert um, for like a front run bot. Um, yes. But then, you know, you go on their YouTube videos, there's a guy saying, oh, you know, you can make 10F a day running the front run bot. But then uh, what, what I assume it is, you know, you download it, enter your private keys, and then your, your wallet will just get emptied by some random, uh, and that's it. Uh, it's not yeah. actually a front run bot. Um, yeah. in, in the BSC scan comments, that's, that scam is pervasive. I tweeted about it, I think, in the last... A uh, couple months, and there's a there's a video that describes it really well that that I tweeted. Oh, okay. No, I'll definitely yeah have a look at that. That's very good because yeah, well, in BSC scan, yeah, you look at the comments, and like you said earlier, oh, I've made lots of money with with Johnson Smith trading or something um, <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah, um, and in in my wallet, um, as sure as as well as a lot of other people's wallets, um, I get these random tokens like. Quickswap.io, bnbdoge.swap. Yes. Um, and what I think they are is, I don't know, dusting attack or something. But, but would you be able to explain to us, well, what are these tokens? Yeah, what, what are they doing there? Um, what's going on? Um, I suspect in many cases, those are airdrops to increase the, the holder distribution or to make it look like there are lots of holders of the oh. token. So they might uh, I get be- quite a few of those too. Oh, so, so they might be like legitimate tokens, but from projects just wanting to inflate their holder numbers. I believe so. Yeah, I believe that's the intent. I see. And what's what's a dusting attack? Uh, I'm not too familiar with that one, actually. Okay. I've heard of that, but I don't know if I can explain it. <laughs> no, all good. No, that's that's fine. Thank you. Um, yeah, but there's so many terms um, Yeah, in the crypto world. Um, and yeah. It's hard to keep up with. Yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but what you've got on your website is genuinely uh, really interesting. For everyone that's listening, it's just tokensniffer.com. Uh, um, yeah. On, it's, it's been 
Oh, sorry. Carry on. I cut you off. Oh, well, I just want to say, so uh, there's thousands of tokens created each day. I myself uh, look at maybe like 50 or more contracts a day. Uh, we have some some tools. And when I say we, I kind of mean the Royal royal We. There's, I'm, I'm the main developer. And then I have a helper um, who also scans uh, contracts. So the two of us are looking at probably hundreds of contracts a day to help improve the automated scanner. And we have some tools that that help us filter out uh, contracts of interest that you know might have some some fishy code. I see. And, and if um, a Dex did want to sort of partner with you and and have your warnings popping up um, on tokens when a person enters the, the contract address there, um, would that be easy um, to implement, or, or is would it be it, it, would that be possible from your your point of view? Yes, yeah, um, there's an API available. It's uh, not totally open in public. Um, it's on a case-by-case basis, uh, just because it's uh, in, an, in an alpha stage uh, right now, it's still under development. Um, and I'm working on, on scaling it so that it really can be released. And, yeah. and I actually am I'm purposely avoiding making it available to um, trading bots, because I think that's, those are not great for you know the average trader. Uh, I think they can be um, definitely problematic. Yeah, yeah, and it would be. I don't think it would be good if it was available to people sort of making these uh, contracts, but they could essentially yes. check it before <laughs> they actually yes. yeah um, deploy it. Um, and if you don't mind me asking, how do you um, fund uh, tokensniffer.com? Because I can imagine you get a lot. Uh, of traffic, uh, and you know, there's, you know, you spent a lot of time uh, doing this. Um, and how is it? Is it funded? And how do you keep Token Sniffer going? You don't have to answer this question if you don't want. By the way, no, no, I'm happy to. Mm. And I've I've um, been intentional in in um, how I uh, generate income from the site, and meaning that I I don't offer promotions um, for tokens. Uh, so you're not going to see. You know, Elon Ape Moon promoted. Um, however, we do run ads through a third party. I don't choose um, the content of the ads, but that comes from Coinzilla, and uh, so we're earning uh, income from that from just from ads. Uh, we get about currently it's about ten thousand unique visitors per day, uh, which is you know far exceeded my expectations for the site, um, and then that covers overhead at it pays me for my time. I had a day job until uh, just over a month ago, and now I'm full-time in crypto with uh, Token Sniffer, and I do some contracting work on the side. Amazing. Oh, well, well congratulations. No, Thank I, you. I'm, I'm glad, yeah, because Token Sniffer, yeah, is is the go-to place, um, in my opinion. Yeah, if, if you're investing in, in a token, always go to Token Sniffer first. Um, it's so easy to use and it's so interesting as well. I often just go on there and just click through, uh, and just, just see what's going on and just, yeah, the different, um, sort of, yeah, check marks, uh, mm-hmm. and things that, that you've got. Um, I mean, th- those are pretty much, oh no, I actually had one more question, um, which is, um, I, I, I'm part of, well, I, I'm close to quite a few like gaming guilds, uh, where there's a lot of, um, people that are relatively new to crypto um, playing games, um, crypto games. Um, and often what happens, um, they'll say, oh, my wallet got hacked. However, um, 
I, I personally don't believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think it's next to computationally impossible to hack um, a, a well, crypto address. Can, is it possible for, for this to happen? Can, can one hack an address in crypto? Uh, perhaps in the future, if you had a quantum computer, mm. you could brute force uh, hack um, the private, private key. Um, okay. But I don't, I don't yeah. think it's possible to guess it because it's, there's such a, a massive number of possible key values. It's, it's impossible to guess in our lifetime. Yeah. Are you worried about quantum computing? Because to an extent I am, because um, if that happens and it's successful, uh, you know, all these um, cryptography methods that we've got will, might just be worthless. It, does um, quantum computing worry you? Um, I think it's far off. I mm. might be wrong about that. I, I think it is, it is uh, a possibility that um, that could happen, but I, I think it may be far off and I, I think the technology will adapt um, to that. I hope it, it does. Yes, because, me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've, I've looked, I, I did um, some, all that numbers and things, because there was a lot of, well, these guild scholars saying, oh yeah, my wallet's got hacked. You know, I, I don't know what I did. I literally did nothing and someone hacked it. Um, so I did some maths and it's, you know, well, yeah, I, I worked out, well, the, the number, it was, I can't remember what number it was, but it was, you know, an E and then a big number after that to the yes. power of something. Uh Yeah. Big imaginary numbers, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think. It's, mm. Well, it's it's important, um, you know. Before crypto, uh, you could be uh, infiltrated by malware on your computer. Your computer could get hacked, and I think that's an even bigger risk now that you know we're storing um, we're storing money, you know, in in MetaMask um, or accessing it through MetaMask. And so, you know, if someone is uh, somehow grabbing your screen um, as you as you type in or has control of your computer, um, that's a risk, a big risk. Yeah. And th the one time that I nearly fell for that sort of thing was on a Discord server. I logged on. Sometimes when you log on to yeah, a Discord server that's like for, for NFTs or something, you might get a load of uh, sort of scam messages. But one of them was from what appeared to be the Me6 bot uh, saying, you know, can you verify? And I thought, okay, fine. Yeah, I've, I've done this quite a few times before. Click verify. MetaMask looked like the extension had popped up. It had like the moving fox head and everything. Asked me to type my password in. I typed my password in. It looks exactly the same. And then oh. it said... Type in your um, your uh, your your words, um, and that I was amazed by um, that you know that they could essentially make an exact copy of all that up until yeah, MetaMask said type in your twelve words or whatever. Um, wow. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think people need to know that literally do not tell your your key phrase or, or your private yes. keys to to anyone. Um, yes. and, we're, and we're told it all the time, but but still people, I don't know, seem to think, oh, yeah, this guy needs it for to unlock my wallet or something. Um, yes. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, yeah, I've had so many questions for you, and, and, but thank you so, so much yeah, for going into great detail. But um, before we uh, start wrapping things up, have you got any, um, you know, a couple of security tips or, or important things 
uh, for people in crypto to to understand and, and maybe bear in mind um, to protect them from um, facetious attacks? Uh, yes. Well, unfortunately, uh, don't don't trust anybody. <laughs> yeah. Anyone anyone you don't know, um, and uh, and understand that uh, these tokens are very short lived, and there's there's thousands created per day. And, yeah. um, and, uh, you know, it's, there, there are many ways, um, to be scammed in this space, unfortunately, because I think the promise of crypto is, is just so massive. It, it's what, um, it's what motivated me to learn more about it and, and to create this project. Uh, and I, I have a deep passion for, I think how it can liberate people and, and give them power over their finances. Um, so yeah. it's, it's disappointing to see, you know, all the different ways that, that people will try to, to steal from each other. So unfortunately you, you have to be very cautious and uh, don't, don't trust anyone. Use all the tools available and, and don't hesitate to ask devs um, in, in the social, hopefully they have a, have a social channel uh, questions. So use, use you know reporting sites like token sniffer moonark is a great one um bs check is, is another great one and if there's something in the report that uh seems off um or there's a check you know an x uh ask the devs and if they block you from the chat for asking questions then yeah. that's that's not a token that that you should be uh, dealing with yeah good advice that's really good yeah there's been a lot of um yeah, times that I've gone into a Discord or uh, a Telegram group. And in sometimes even keywords, you'll get banned if you type that. Like if you type rug, you'll get banned. <laughs> and you'll just, yeah. oh, wh where's it gone? Um, yeah, very good. Uh, yeah, do your own research and don't rush into anything. Um, it can be it can be very tempting to, to FOMO, though. You know, when you see a chart going, but no, not for me. Or not for, shouldn't be for anyone. Um, yes. Yeah, but thank you so, so much again for your time. Honestly, I've, I've looked forward to this for a long time. I've used your website for a long time, and I pretty much use it daily. Uh, and and to, to ask you about all these, well, yeah, to, to finally be able to ask someone that can answer my questions about all these scams, and it's it's been fascinating. Um, so thank you so much again. It might be good to, yeah, catch up, I don't know, in a couple of months or something, or, or later down the line, uh, and do another one, because I, I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone in saying that, yeah, I find... Yeah, that the way that scams work in crypto, um, yeah, very, very fascinating. I think if we've been if you've been in crypto long enough, you, you know, unfortunately, you will have experienced a rug, um, and it's just good to know, you know how that how it works and how we can protect ourselves. Um, but yeah, thank you so much again. Um, it's oh, been yeah, amazing well, talking to you, and um, yeah, enjoy the rest of your day, man. Thank you so much. Oh yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. I, I've I've enjoyed it, and. Um... I'm, I love to make a contribution to this space and it makes me happy to hear that people are, are benefiting from it. Definitely. Yeah, you you definitely are uh, making the space uh, a lot better. I'm sure you saved a lot of people uh, from losing a lot of money as well. Um, I hope so. So yeah, thank you so much for, for what you're doing. Um, and yeah, and obviously, yeah, thank you very much for your time as well. Thank you. Cool. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.